0: Welcome to episode 12 of the Australian Bachelorette Podcast. This is the final, final episode. My name is James. I'm joined by none other than Australian body language expert,
1: Nikos. James, Satan is Lord. The singer? Don't be facetious. The Lord of Darkness is amongst us. Simple as that. Satan, thy name is... Georgia Love? She's just one of the many dark archangels of the fire and brimstone that exists under the earth's crust. Mm -hmm. And in this episode, the final episode of The Bachelorette, we have a tour of the seven circles of hell. Dante would be proud Of this episode
0: What's the first circle of hell In this episode Well let me
1: be your Virgil Please You can be Dante I'll be Virgil And I will take you on a tour Of hell Love it Georgia love it We're going to do a recap Of what actually happened In the episode Then we're going to go through Some talking points Do I need to pack anything For this journey into hell You can't take anything to hell Can't take hope or Nothing Enjoyment or Nothing Okay You have to go empty handed Blank. Anything you take will incinerate on entry anyway. Okay. We're going to talk about why this show keeps fucking us over Mm -hmm. by having the hero or heroine pick the wrong winner and what it all means. It's an existential question and we're going to unpack it. We're going to talk about Maddie Jesus, what went wrong, what went right, how someone so meta, so liberated apparently from the system got so bent over quite literally at the end of this show, bent over. Mm -hmm. All that was missing from the moment where he bends over at the end of this show was the invisible Beelzebub rooting him from behind. Julian Remington coming up behind and just sticking it in. We're going to talk about the role that family plays in this show. Mm. What do families think when you go on the show? What does the family think when they have to be on the show themselves? And what does family mean in reality if it's just in happening in normal life when you introduce your family to someone, as opposed to what it means and how people behave on the show? Mm-hmm. Finally, we're going to... Have a look at a report card, or maybe you could call it a health certificate for this (laughs) franchise, for this concept, and ask, what's the future for the Bachelor, Bachelorette concept, if any? How can it be revived? Because at this rate, James, it's dead. Matter of time. It'll be as dead as every second person's on this show's mother. So this is almost a, a eulogy, a dirge, if you will. It's all of the above. Let's begin with the first issue on the agenda? Well, the first issue, which, you know, straight up, what, what, you know, Singapore, Singapore, James, Singapore sucks. Singapore is the shittest city. Well, that's why it's in the final, because this is a tour of hell, and what better place to set a tour of hell than Singapore?
0: And you start the tour of hell with, it looks like, economy seating on Scoot Airlines.
1: Yeah. Well, they paid the bucks. Apt. They paid the bucks. Mm -hmm. And... Georgia, who has already fashioned herself into a hollow shell of a human, hollowing out any truth in order to further a commercial television career that will chew her up and spit her out uh, in not very long from now. You know, the very
0: first moment of jaw-clenching frustration in this episode came to me not from the Scoot Airlines logo that was pushed into my eyeballs, but Georgia loves saying... I've found two amazing guys, but I can only choose one. This is almost like she's making me complicit in an unspoken, idiotic um, premise of which I have no necessary uh, agreement with. Why must she only choose one? Why can't she not have a relationship with two of them?
1: Well... The idea of, of finding the one is it's it's in our it's in our culture very deeply. We all yearn to find the right person for us and it this show taps that desire. The problem with this show is that what keeps happening now is that the wrong one gets picked, James. And so instead of sending the audience out with this with the myth intact, and we all need the myth to, to get by in life. No, we don't. Well, we'll get to that. They set up a situation where A, the one has to be found in a very small pool of people where the one may not even, you may not find anyone there, but yeah. you have to for the purposes of the show. And it's actually hard, James. I'm finding, I feel worse than I felt last series. Why is that? I am I am so shocked that she would comply with the, f- the formula of the show to the extent that she does in in this episode that she would be so lovey-dovey with someone who is clearly into her who she knows she's going to fuck over
0: i can see how you might feel that way nikos but let me just cast your mind back maybe 20 years ago 18 years ago 17 years ago to you you're a young lad mm-hmm. you've got your socks pulled up mm-hmm. it's a friday night you're going to some mate's place for his party mm-hmm. people are smuggling smuggling in beers there's the girl that you like across the garden. You slowly make your way over there. You chat her up. It's a beautiful night. balmy. You get your mac on. Yep. And then she goes to get a drink. Ten minutes later, you see her across the garden with another boy mm-hmm. getting her mac on. Mm-hmm. This is human nature, Nikos.
1: It's human nature for 15-year-olds at, at a at a house party when they're all wasted on lemon ruskies and sub-zero grapefruits Well, uh, where no one has professed... Anything to each other apart from a bit of adolescent macking. There's, there's, haven't, but nothing's been put on the table. You go, oh no, but that doesn't, that, that that is no lesson in human nature, James. That's just a lesson in freewheeling adolescent uh, flirting,
0: mate. I'm paving the yellow brick road here to the Emerald City of my theory about Georgia Love, which is that she basically has the emotional capacity of a teenager. Right. Well,
1: look, we'll get to Georgia's family, but we've seen pictures. And and we, we've seen moving pictures of, of her family. And there's also been, when I say moving, I mean in motion. I don't mm. mean I was moved emotionally. She is about a foot taller than the rest of her family. I don't know if you know this. Mm-hmm. There are The family photos that we've been shown on the Daily Mail and, and Associated Press shows a family of four yep. with a holier-than-thou superior fucking dickhead as the pater familias, mm-hmm. who's probably told a million poor blokes with erectile dysfunction, you know, take this and do that, and I'll and I'll get in there with a knife and have a look because that's how I make money. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then two two women, and then Georgia, who's literally like six foot whatever compared to the rest of them. Hold on a sec. Someone wants to get involved. Oh, this is the pizza. Yes, pizza's here. Yeah, yeah, it is. That. What's in that box? What's in that? What the fuck are they?
0: This episode is sponsored by Domino's. Steph, would you like
1: to tell us what chicken kickers so are? So good. You are so Spicy American. Spicy
0: chicken tenders with ranch. So
1: American right What's now. What's ranch? I cannot get over this.
0: Ranch uh, is a salad dressing that Americans like to put on everything.
1: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Why is it called ranch? Is it from the ranch? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. No, why it's called ranch. Have you ever been to a ranch?
0: <laughs> I have. What is it? It's like a farm, but in a field that's dry.
1: Dry farm. Yeah. Where they eat salad dressing.
0: Yeah, that's delicious.
1: Yeah. Those look like chicken giblets.
0: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> like necks, like the ankles of yeah. chickens. Chicken bits. I'll enjoy them. Myself. Chicken offcuts. All right, so we were, we were talking about... Um, The family, yeah, look, the family are
1: gnomes, let's face it. And and the point is here that when you see these pictures of them from history, Mm -hmm. Georgia is like this kind of big, tall, loud... Um, dominant, I get to do what I want kind of person in the family with a father that's tolerated it Mm -hmm. um, and presides in his own little kingdom five days a week in his rooms where he uh, looks down on people all day and treats them like shit. Totally assumptive here, but Mm -hmm. that's what medical specialists generally do. And she has never had to learn how to be a good person
0: No and you, and you definitely see it When she has a hissy fit And stamps her
1: foot When they refuse to make The decision for her Right Well he's created her He's responsible And he He is actually And we'll get to the family But he is the most Barefaced Self-server In the episode Like he He actually doesn't give a shit about either bloke. No. He's not interested anymore. He's got a dying wife at home. He has to turn up in Singapore and go on this stupid show, which he was into because he's an attention seeker who's cultivated a fame of his own in life and is happy for his daughter to do the same. Wow. He's a a hypocrisy of now looking like he doesn't really care about it. I feel sad for him that he's got a dying wife but it takes something real like that sometimes to shake some sense into you i just was looking at him thinking
0: i wonder if he's got a prosthetic penis
1: like would you operate on well, yourself at this listen, point listen you've got all the tools at your disposal quite literally surely you could uh, you could graft on any number of attachments down there in your spare time
0: wouldn't it be weird if you discovered that your dad had given himself some sort of franken penis
1: yeah, weird but cool. Kind of cool. Almost
0: like a superhero
1: dick. But you'd want to know if he'd done it before or after you were conceived. Would you? Which would be
0: better, before? So you'd have like
1: super penis genes. No, wouldn't. You wouldn't have super penis genes if if it was just a graph that doesn't affect your dna no
0: but there's some there's there's an association with it with a franken dick i would were, i
1: think i would just be less disturbed if he'd got it before i was. if if i'd found out that he'd got it recently i'd be upset
0: why cuz you don't need what's he going to do with it well he's he's pleasuring your mother <laughs>
1: God. with his franken franken wiener <laughs> anyway we'll get on to him in more detail All let's right. just stick let's just stick with this concept that this show yeah. keeps is, is now in a pattern where the person that we want to win never wins. Sure. And that is a combination of disingenuous editing and disingenuousness on the part of the hero or heroine.
0: Unfortunately, it's taking the model of the Agatha Christie murder mystery to the point where we are led down a garden path until the very last moment. Now, the reason why this doesn't sit well with us... With this show, whereas it, it works very well with something like Mousetrap, which is the longest running Broadway play of all time, oh yeah. is that it purports to be real and it purports to be a an adventure of the heart. And yet when it's mixed 50-50 in its murky paint tin of narrative with a, uh, a manipulative edit, we feel shortchanged. We feel
1: cheated. The producers have obviously thought that it's a winning formula to set you up to expect something and then to be fucked over. Well, the numbers don't lie. The ratings last night, the ratings of the finale, were 50% of the ratings of Sam Frost's finale. 50%. It has absolutely plummeted. And they were on their way down with the Ritchie series, and they, they're they in free fall now. And all you have to do is read any forum, any comment section, any selection of tweets, and you will discover people don't want to be fucked over. People feel manipulated and disrespected and they point their fingers at the producers because we all feel bad pointing our finger at the contestant who's behaved duplicitously, Mm -hmm. but it's their fault too. And the producers are going to have to learn their lesson that we don't want this anymore and that if Georgia and Lee were a really great match, we need to see it properly. You can't just spring it on us at the end. We need to see it. Lee said he was pissed off that um, the edit had been cruel to him in the series, that it had made him look paper-thin uh, and and dishonest. Well, okay, if he's a real good bloke with a lot of depth and they had a developing relationship, uh, we needed to see it. We needed
0: to see it. I agree. Look, if you're listening to this podcast and you've been listening to it for a while, there might be a part of you that wonders how can these two be creating this podcast, and obviously so disdainful of the entire experience in so many ways. But let me just say, before we go any further, obviously we have some sort of insight into the way TV is produced and narrative is crafted, maybe not any more than anybody else, but there you go. We're trying to analyze this from a perspective of an informed viewer. But we would not be doing this unless there was a part of us that enjoyed suspending the disbelief and going on the journey with these people in the most innocent way possible. Totally, totally. So, even us, who are the most cynical two assholes you could possibly imagine, feel ripped off when the basic premise
1: of the show, a truthful search for true love, is denied us. I think that there's um, um, a seam that hasn't been mined. In this show that we've been referring to gradually, and Maddie Jesus embodies it, which is the Truman Show fantasy that, from out of the cloying, claustrophobic jail of this format, real humanity can burst through like a weed that forces its way through some bricks. And when you see that hope shot down, like we did in this finale, you you just th- it would be like Truman not escaping from. The show at the end of the film. That's how I feel. That's why that movie's so great. Because he he does fucking leave at the end. You Mm -hmm. know? Well, let me
0: quote the immortal words of the prophetic Paddy Shaevsky, two-time Oscar winner. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm sick of these people treating me like a fucking moron. Right. Regardless of whether I am or not, it's inhumane.
1: It is. It's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to the viewers. To the contestants, uh, it's even disrespectful to the Georgia, in a way, mm-hmm. who is too too caught up with trying to be famous or whatever to realise how manipulated and puppeteered she's been to the point where she follows orders or whatever and pashes on with Maddie J and rings the bell of love with him and, and crushes her lips against his in the most believable way. All the while, I mean... Dude, if what was going through her head while she was kissing him was, I'm going to pick Lee, that is evil, Mm. isn't it? Isn't that the definition of evil? It's a shelving, temporary as it may be, of empathy. I think the show could have benefited from some real shelving. Pingers? Yeah. Yeah. Mitsubishis? That would have been a good uh, final date. Why is there
0: no serious drug use in this?
1: Maybe if Georgia and Lee had shelved a few pingers each, we might have seen some actual passion. Did
0: you know? So, I was doing a bit of Googling on American Bachelorette. Yeah. Right? One of the American Bachelorettes had sex twice with two different bachelors in her season. That's good. We don't even see a single sexual act, and yet the Americans can have a bachelorette who fucks twice.
1: Right. Two different dudes on contiguous nights. Well, that's because Australia's got a smaller population, fewer networks. Therefore, there's more pressure on the networks to appeal. To a broader base of people, so they can't make a show that's um, got on. too many pointy edges because it's a it's a it's only three free to air channels, commercial channels. Hold on. Since when was sex a pointy edge? I mean, of course it is. Sex sells. What are you talking about the insinuation of sex sells. What demographic? How many people under eighteen watch this show? Who advertises on this show? Who advertises? They follow the money here.
0: This is a very good point, Oral B. Mate, Scoot. you
1: think, think Oral B wants to have people fucking on the show that they're sponsoring? Real life, sordid fucking. There's no way. Mm, okay, but let's say Channel Ten goes, "Hey,
0: at the upfronts, right, where they sell the advertising, hey, we're going to have some fucking on the show. There's gonna, we're going to have a love suite. One of the bachelorettes is going to fuck one of the bachelors at least once." And
1: Oral B will say, oh, "Oh, we might, we might actually go over to um the block. Thanks, cool." Then they get Gillette. Or whoever's willing to go associate themselves with sex. Who's going to drop the coin? Yeah, the companies that would be willing to associate themselves... Won't pay the top dollar. There'll be smaller companies who are are channeling an edgier vibe and are after a more niche demo, like the niche demo that wants to watch that kind of stuff and might be interested in those nichier brands. Uh, So there's immediately less money involved. So
0: you're saying that because there aren't enough people in this country, we can't see sex on TV? Yeah. All right, there's your insight, my sister, my little sister, Mm -hmm. for this episode. One other thing I want to bring up we were talking about the uh, fountainhead. Earlier on. Yeah,
1: there, the Ayn Rand... Uh, you're reading the... Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: The tome of... Tome. Of objectivity. Mm. When we were talking with Julian Rimmington last week, or when you were talking with him, I yeah. was getting pissed at the pub. Yeah, yeah. Drowning your sorrows. Oh, it looks, it's been a while since I've read The Fountainhead, but it, but he his words did smack of the villains in The Fountainhead who are racing for the bottom. Whose words?
1: Rimmington's. Rimmington's. 100%. 100%. A cynicism. Well... It's, it's give the people what they want. Please other people rather than abide by your own unilateral standards. Please other people. So Channel 10 and the way commercial TV works in this country is based on that formula. And the, as Remington told us about the mum and dad uh, at Marrickville Metro, who, who the basically the demographic for the channel, um, they don't want to risk alienating mainstream Australia because that's who watches the show. Mainstream Australia is incredibly conservative. Mainstream Australia has adopted corporate morality rather than any kind of self created morality. I mean, we basically live in public life here by the standards set by multinational corporations, right? So, rugby league players have to apologise to the press anytime they do anything, even vaguely off colour, no matter how it's kind of insignificant, not because anyone truly believes it was a bad or immoral thing to do, but because unless the rugby league player apologizes, the sponsor will pull the money from the club or from the network or from the league, and the sponsor wants to look Jesus-like in its morality and perfection, which is an unreasonable standard to expect Mm. of of humans.
0: Okay. Now, we've talked about corporate morality before. It's a fascinating topic. Is there possibly an overturning of corporate morality on the horizon is the Trump phenomenon, let's call it that, as indicative of larger things. Do you think there is a future in which possibly it becomes an emblem of progressiveness to go, you know what, I'm going to sponsor this show that has fucking, purely because a certain amount of the country are going to get outraged by it? Mm. How do we get out of corporate morality is basically what I'm saying. Save us, Nikos.
1: What what can Australia do? I can't help but feel that the Trump... Style, um, anti political correctness platform is its own kind of we know best, um, approach. It's a set of rules, and yeah. And until we, um, are mature enough to be able to say, hey, maybe we don't know, maybe I don't know best, maybe I have my values and you have yours, and we've learned how to coexist, we should learn how to coexist even though we don't fully share certain beliefs, live and let live, um. I don't know if that will ever I don't know if we'll ever see that in our lifetime. But taking it back to should there be sex on the bachelor and should we should our mainstream be cool enough to watch that and not be upset by it or should sponsors be able to associate themselves with it without worrying that they won't look squeaky clean? I think there that you need to have a courage of your convictions and your feet so firmly planted on the ground in terms of knowing who you are that you are know that you are simply not challenged by seeing things that you may not agree with you, they do not upset you because you know who you are right and I guess that's we've gone out of our way to stop people knowing who they are you know that's what our, our, our culture has done do you think this is why people might feel threatened for instance by
0: the red pill? Documentary that was, um, you know, picketed oh, oh, down yeah, yeah, yeah. from playing at palace cinemas this is the men's rights activist documentary.
1: Um, well, banning things that you don't agree with is a dangerous precedent. Um, th- the you know the Chinese always kick up a stink if any film festival in Australia plays something about Tibet mm-hmm. or Falun Dafa or Tiananmen Square. Um, they understand that to maintain a, a dictatorship. They can't let any cracks appear in the in the party line. They can't let be seen to be allowing anyone to be having a dig. Okay, so And we associate that with the thought police. Right. So it seems bizarre, but if let's say
0: Georgia Love fucked Matty J and then chose Lee the night after. Mm. You can very well imagine that Scoot and mm-hmm. KSC and Oralby came out and said, mm-hmm. "We don't agree with her actions, mm-hmm. and we've pulled all further sponsorship from Channel Ten and The Bachelorette." Right? Mm-hmm. Which, which uh, you know, that, this, this is what happens. However, there's an intellectual flaw there, surely, because the connection between the giving of money to a show and the actions of the people on that show there's not a there's not a
1: direct line, right? Well, no, no, we know that, but. They, they don't. You know how Who's you know they? how worried all of these companies are about their, their their reputation and their image. I mean, well, companies are made up of people though., mm, are they? You've worked for enough uh, advertising agencies to understand that the way the client operates is, is chilling in the way that the people who work for the client are like foot soldiers reporting back to something that isn't human.. Mm-hmm. They're under a a spell of some kind. So, it's as if they've adopted certain
0: conservative beliefs. Of course. In the worry that the powers that be in their company will strike them down.
1: Only that once a company hits on what makes money for it and the kind of the rep that works for it, it suddenly gets so worried about maintaining that image, it becomes a religion. And the people who work for the company sign on to the religion and then they, they don't question it. It's like a Christian not questioning whether God exists. Like, they, they, once they're Christian, they just accept. And like the time I, as a joke, took a bag of um, Pepsis to a Coca-Cola television commercial shoot mm-hmm. and handed them out to a couple of my friends who were also in the shoot and we all had a good laugh and then the coke people came over and had a had a hysterical fit and it's not like we were going to carry them onto the onto set mm-hmm. they couldn't they couldn't even begin to to deal with with the idea that someone might do that it was i found it really what kind of worrying
0: well it's the same worry that we can have about Georgia Love
1: it is uh, to me she is just She's just fallen in with the party line that is ultimately dictated by this corporate morality. She's just human. She 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 led on a guy who she wasn't going to pick because she understood that that's what happens in the show. She actually said a few times through the series, "No, because this is how it works." Yeah. She said, yeah. Oh, we have to do this because this is how this this works."
0: Yeah, look, it, it's easy to draw this from that, but we have not seen the contract she signed. What, what do you mean? Well, this is a format that's been around for
1: a good many years, right?
0: It's, America's done, what, 16 seasons but, of this? But what
1: you're saying is that a contract will say, you have to do this and you 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 have to basically, you have to lead on. Um, yeah. To, yeah. It's, it's highly possible, right? Well, that's she, a, it's a proven format. Well, she signed it. Yeah. Well, She's without- not bound by it. She chose to sign it. Sure. Sure, she came to an agreement with the producers yeah. and signed the contract. It's not like it was forced upon her. No, 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 no. I, I agree, but uh, and she went through with it, mate. What are they going to do? Sue her if she walks out? Maybe, but it depends how how satanic you want to feel.
0: Well, look, I, I I agree. It's the same. Her actions in this are the same. Have the same chilling air to them that that those Pepsi people that those Coke. Clients did on your shoot As mm. a removal of humanity
1: Yeah It's very Kafka-esque You're waving your hand In front of someone's face And they're not acknowledging it somehow mm. We were so taken by Maddie J's meta behaviour Through the series Because that was Kind of the equivalent Of someone waving their hand In front of someone's face <laughs> And being like Are you there? Are you there?
0: Yeah yeah, it was the it was the incredulous laugh at the bouncer mm. who says you're wearing the wrong shoes mm. when you're wearing thousand dollar leather shoes.
1: I think that all the guys on this show and Georgia obviously all said to each other, no hard feelings, whatever, because this is the show and we've all signed on. Um, and they're all big, big boys and girls, and and so off they go. But the telling factor is there's you know there's on-set psychologists and so forth on this show. Because you are forced to behave, or you voluntarily go on a show where you are forced to behave in a way that may lead you down a morally questionable path.
0: Look, from experience, I dated a reality TV producer, a good friend of ours, dated an AP, an associate producer. I've been an AP in reality TV. A lot of the people who work on these shows are people who watch it as well, religiously who are into what they're doing and who see nothing wrong with what happens in the show. They laugh at it. They love it because that's what it is. And yeah, they realize it it might be fake or scripted or silly, but you are surrounded on these sets by yes people and they're usually women who are really into the show and therefore are almost goading you into being a part of this story.
1: You know, um, you see photos of the ex- contestants hanging out with each other socially and enjoying the spotlight and and lapping up the attention. And you understand that they signed the, the kind of Faustian pact to be on the show in exchange for this 15 minutes. They are vehicles for a corporation to make money and in exchange for their essentially for their for their dignity because they share things that most people would never think of sharing with anyone but their nearest and dearest, they share it with the general public on television in exchange for fame, fleeting as it may be. And when you see them in these social photographs afterwards, you have mixed feelings. You're partly envious and partly pitying, you know, because you think you gave too much, this is not enough back.
0: I think you're pitying because you can see that they went on the show because they were wanting something, which you have. There was some sort of hollowness in them. and and. We talked about this, I think, on episode three or four. All the guys seem like relative loners. Yeah. A lot of them seem like they really didn't have many close male friends. You go on this show if you are lacking something in your life, and not necessarily true love, but some sort of emotional connection with the outside world. Yeah. And I think when you see those photos afterwards of them all hanging out or, or the fame that they get afterwards, there's a jealousy, obviously, because we all, we're like uh, dogs who eat too much. We're like golden retrievers when it comes to recognition and totally. validation. Totally. But there's a part of you that knows that you don't need that, really, in the same way that they do. We've had it enough from our parents or our friends or our lovers or whatever it is. We don't quite need it as much.
1: Do you think that Lee and George's relationship should have been, why not show it, I guess is my question. Lee claims that the editing of the show did not show their relationship in the truthful way. Why wasn't it shown?
0: There Obviously, there are two reasons. One of them might just be that they wanted to lead us down the garden path and pull the rug out from under us, and that might have been what they construed as good storytelling at the time. The other one is, had we been shown more of Georgia and Lee, we might have been Twice as angry, and I'll tell you why because the stuff that we did see about Georgia and Lee was very thin interactions. They talked over each other, they didn't really have the chemistry that we saw between Georgia and Maddie J. Mm -hmm. Had we seen more of that, we would have gone, Oh my god, Georgia, love, you are the most idiotic, shallow teenager. We would have been, we would have felt even more ripped off. So, we sat through all of this for some girl to basically pick the high school jock, right? Obviously, the shallow fuck. When you've got this guy who's far more interesting, mm. who generates his own content, mm-hmm. basically Georgia was voting with her vagina, right? Yeah,
1: and I and think that's what Richie did too, in a, in a way, possibly. right? Mm-hmm.
0: It seemed like that, right? It seems very clear to me though. And and so my fiance was saying there hasn't been as big a fallout on the mm. social media about Georgia. Mm. And I think my theory is that the Channel 10 producers showed us less of her relationship with Lee to save her from a bit of that fallout. You're right. Because had we seen more of their boring interactions that were obviously just two people who wanted to fuck, Georgia would have been slut-shamed.
1: You're right. It needed to keep some mis- they needed to keep some mystery to that relationship so that at least there was the pretense of depth rather than showing us too much and allowing us to see that there was none.
0: Well, that's my theory.
1: It's horrific. It's actually horrific, but we'll see what happens with those two. I mean, um, I assume that they will sustain each other for quite a while because uh, they're birds of a feather. Well, they'll they'll
0: probably see each other, you know, only three or four times the next six months anyway because they'll be doing the
1: Today Show. Right, right, right. You know, the the project. (laughs) Whatever it is. So much project. So we meet the family, which happens to be the sister and the father, mm-hmm. the mother at home, very unwell. And this, this, this extra-diegetic fact, in a way, of the mother's illness, mm. which was played as a... It, I mean, I hate to say this, but it was a cynical card that was played when we were set up with Georgia in Ep 1. Here's my backstory. Here's the heartstrings that are tied to it that will make you care. And now we're at the business end of proceedings and the family can't even show up in, in as a whole because the mother is so sick she can't travel. You start to think... It's a bit fucked up, do not you? You start to think, gee, the contrast between someone dying of cancer and this ridiculous show where she has to choose and she's probably going to choose this fucking Thunderbird and we have to go through all this ridiculous rigmarole, it's a bit too contrasty for comfort. Yeah, it stank. Didn't
0: it? Unfortunately, we live in an era now where you can't get on MasterChef unless you've got someone dying of cancer. Right, right. You can't be cooking for your life Unless someone behind you or in your past has died yeah. or is dying yeah. or is about to die.
1: It's the classic thing of, you know, people talk about a lot of Australian films are real misery fests because every single film has something to do with someone dying of cancer or incest. Right. Or, or, or someone with Alzheimer's or something. Right. As if the only way to give stakes to a story is to insert one of these um, you know, chocolate box misery injections. And there are many, many ways to, to give a story stakes. And very few of them involve giving someone cancer, actually. Mm-hmm. But if you're a simpleton who's about as, as deep as a, you know, as a, a saucer of milk, that's what you go for.
0: The stakes in the show could very easily have been, this is Georgia Love. She's previously been focused on a career to the extent that she hasn't really developed her romantic strength Let's say, will she be able to woman up and choose the man who will help her grow in a loving, constructive way from a point of intelligence or will she remain in a dysfunctional space and pick someone who is going to hurt her and hurt himself?
1: They're they're worthy
0: stakes to me and they're universal stakes. They're good
1: stakes. Actually, they're stakes that you might think about when you think about a friend if you have a if you have a friend and you you track their their love life over the years and you see them with different different partners and some of them you disapprove of and some of them you think are all right and then they eventually you know let's say they you know bite the bullet and say oh, i'm going to marry this one and You've tracked their journey through uh, being, I guess, adolescent in the way they choose a partner to hopefully ending up with a mature decision.
0: You know, I tell you why I think that's also a cheap thing to include in the whole story, uh, the whole storyline. Full stop. Is because it it presupposes that no one else really has any issues. In in Mm. that, in that, everybody's parents die at some point. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows someone who dies of cancer at some point. So what? I mean, yeah. I don't want it to sound callous, but so what? Yeah. It's like saying I lost my baby teeth.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So therefore I'm somehow more worthy of love. No, you're a human being. Yeah. You're worthy of love or or we're interested in you s- in seeing whether you can get love in spite of your own issues. Yeah, that's like life. the rest
1: of us. Yeah. Well, anyway, th- it it casts a shadow over the behavior of the father and the sister because they, we, we'll have a few things to say about them, I'm sure. But at the end of the day, they're operating in a very surreal situation where they've had to go to Singapore to be on this show. They're obviously a little bit glad to be on television. The father revels in it, like he's probably always reveled in being, um, uh, you know, looked up to. He's a medical specialist. He's superior. He's patronising. He doesn't have any social skills and hasn't needed to cultivate any. He is used to people deifying him. He's used to talking down to them. And he's also reportedly a bit famous as a um, famous in his field um impotence doctor. And the sister has
0: obviously been playing the ugly stepsister yeah. very well her whole life and yeah. took to playing the uh instant villain like a duck to water. Right. As the jilted gnome who obviously is not gonna likely because basically guys who look like him are treated her like shit her entire yeah, life. Yeah,
1: yeah. And and you could, but you could feel you could feel the the kind of the self satisfaction radiating off both of them as they played their parts, couldn't you? Well they had the power, didn't they? they yeah, yeah the and they absolutely reveled in it. I, I found I found him in particular vile. <laughs> absolutely vile. When Matty J meets him and he says to the camera afterwards, the father, I didn't think I was seeing the real guy. Mm. What do you make of that?
0: The father was threatened by Matty J in the way that... I think the father was threatened by Georgia Love having a boyfriend at all. Mm-hmm. And I, p- partly maybe why Georgia Love hasn't really had a proper relationship up until this point. Mm. Uh Matty J obviously had uh, something going for him. Lee obviously had nothing going for Mm -hmm. him. Therefore, he wasn't threatened by him. Mm -hmm. To me, it felt like a very thinly veiled shutting down
1: of a young man who obviously had a chance with his daughter. Big time. Yeah. Big time. It was transparent. The sister then calls a spade a spade, as she says, and, and points out that Lee is a vacuous cunt. And George is a bit thrown by that the father sticks up for lee but say what you will about the sister's backstory of having to be always the bridesmaid in that family the sister calls it and everyone knows it and it seems a strange decision like the producers would have known it the editors would have known it to put it in Mm. and then to later on have her end up with him when they knew that was going to happen to include those comments from the sister but, uh, but I
0: think you're interpreting them those comments in a way that maybe not everyone will because all she said was, he's smooth and he knows how to say the right thing. Obviously, you can infer he's a disingenuous The, the inference was negative. Yeah, sure. But but when she later brought it up with Lee, right, so there is a moment when this storyline, yep. uh, so to say, is yep. tied off. She says, uh, you know, they thought you were smooth and Lee blinks and sweats and grimaces like Jerry Lewis as the bellboy. Yeah as he says, but I'm actually a really nervous person and they laugh about
1: it. Is that a resolution, is it? Uh, Does that redeem Lee in our eyes as as the audience? Is that meant to make us think, oh, Lee's all right? I didn't ascribe him bad intentions. I just... It just made you think he's an idiot. I'll tell you why it didn't work for me. Because nothing that Lee said or did in that meeting with the family was any different to anything else he's done in the entire series. You, you bring us to the question as, uh, of whether of how conscious Lee
0: is of what's going on. I'm not sure that he's really understanding of what
1: what's happened. What do you mean?
0: Well, there's the interpretation that Lee came to this meeting in a Michael Turnbull style and said all the right things because he thought that's what he should say. There's also the interpretation that Lee got a bit swept up in the whole thing mm-hmm. and you know you can see it when he's talking generally he he grasps for adjectives beyond absolutely or Amazing. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, he is actually a little eloquently. He can talk.
0: Uh, I think he he but reaches it, he reaches cliches.
1: That's what I mean. And mashes but them together. It's a limited lexicon he's working with of kind of go-to phrases.
0: Him saying the right thing is simply him talking in the way he best knows. Yeah, 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 yeah. In in the way that he says, uh, you know, she's really driven. And right, right, right. He he says he says all the right things it's because one he doesn't really know anything else to say. Yeah, it's one cliche.
1: Saying. And I guess. Whatever they were feeling between themselves, fine. Uh, we weren't party to it. We, no, we saw no proof of it. The family clearly saw no proof of it. The father only liked him because he, he knew that he wasn't a rival of any kind. As the audience, no wonder we're all a bit jaded now. We saw nothing. We saw nothing but cliché. How can you see a real human heart beating in there?
0: I think what, what, what was missing for us in The Cell was was a moment where they addressed the elephant in the room, which to me was how is a man as good-looking as Lee with a seemingly swimming career as awkward as awkward as he is socially? How does he have such an insanely uh, debilitating facial tick? Because it, ca- it obviously they used it for the resolution of this disastrous mm. meeting with the parents, Mm-mm. but we never really got an explanation for why Lee is not right now swimming in a... V- Pool full of pussy mm-hmm. in Crown Casino. Mm. Instead, on a show where he's competing with twenty other
1: lesser men for a, a girl. Well, I mean, look, there's a lot of reasons why people. I mean, I don't. I don't mean to go on a witch hunt about what a shit bloke Lee is, you know. I don't. But you know, when you uh, you go to a movie and and you come out afterwards and you say just didn't just didn't move me. I didn't find the main character, or I didn't find the love interest likeable or sympathetic i just couldn't connect and that is despite the the makers of the film doing everything they could they had literally complete control mm-hmm. over trying to put the film together to make you sympathize with the the hero or the love interest yeah. and and more often than not they fuck it up yeah. it's a hard thing to do Yep. Now, you're on a reality show and you've got an army of editors and, and production music and formula at your fingertips and that's fine. Mm. But that does not mean that it's easy to make someone sympathetic because mm-hmm. you, st- you are stuck with them. Mm-hmm. You can coach them as much as you like to say the right things or whatever, but in the end, you're stuck with them. Yep. And Lee was just shit talent in that regard. And so was Georgia. Both of them were shit talent in terms of the ability to make the audience sympathize with them.
0: Nikos, there are so many ways to engender empathy in a main character. All I needed for Lee was some sort of identification with what had caused his facial tick. And I would have been on board. Go on. Well, so there, so there are sort of several tried and true ways that uh, that Hollywood screenwriters create empathy with their characters. Right, the classic one is is called "Save the Cat," where in the first act the hero sees a cat up a tree and rescues it. Right. Obviously, I'm talking about creations here from the editors or the scriptwriters. Mm-mm-mm. However, there is a visible defect. That this character has, right? There is a visible problem. Mm-hmm. Give me any hero, and I'll tell you what their sure, 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 sure. It's sure. a
1: flaw. What we need to know is what caused that flaw. So that we can sympathise with it. Exactly. You say it in such a confident screenwriter's way, James, but if it was as simple as that, then every film that came out of the Hollywood machine would grab you by the heartstrings without fail. And the, the fact is they don't. And that there is a bomb for every winner.
0: We're not talking about the film industry. We're talking about this show. Oh,
1: I know, but what I'm I, I, I talk about films because films you have complete control. Films are the easiest place to try to okay, um, manipulate. I'm, I'm, not,
0: I'm not saying it's it's easy, but the problem with Lee being an unsympathetic character, in my opinion, could have been solved by ex- explaining how he uh, got, how, why he is so socially ill, why he's so shy. Yep. Because him saying that I'm really shy and the very last episode of the whole fucking yeah, show yeah, yeah, was yeah. too
1: little, too late. So they went to no effort in the way they filmed it or the scenarios they put him in, or the dates they sent him on, or the shots they chose to include at the end of the day, they went to no effort to give us any insights into what kind of person he is. Yeah. Let alone to explain his, his flaws or to explain reasons why he's an insipid hollow fuck.
0: Basically, we've got a one-sided love letter to Matty J, and then that was burnt in in the fireplace. They could have evened it out by giving us a little more info on Lee.
1: I want to get t- to Georgia because we ranted and raved for this entire series about her being bad talent. Yeah. And like she more than anyone had the opportunity to tell us things and show us things that would make us empathize with her. Instead, even with the most cliched empathy points like a dying mother, we still didn't really care about her. Mm -hmm. So that can no longer be blamed on the producers. That is her fault. Look,
0: we don't know what the budget was. We don't know how much shooting time they had. We don't know the production constraints. But when you're interviewing talent like Georgia... And you say, how was your time with Maddie J? And she says, and I'll try and get her performance correctly. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what the tell is. Yep. She says, I can't express how good it makes me feel. I can't. And it's that laughter on the can't that tells the fake performance. Mm. I would have her in the studio doing that line again and again and again and again until I got it right. And if it didn't make sense i would say tell me exactly how you feel Mm -hmm. stop telling me how you think or what you what you think i want to hear yeah yeah and then tell me what you really feel
1: i'd love to see lars von trier direct a series of the bachelor because he (laughs) would break you yeah he would not tolerate your 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 bjork style bullshit yeah Yeah, he'd say we're not leaving until you till you tell me the truth Mm, settle in
0: yeah, just, just on a sound stage, a blank sound yep. stage. Yep. Dogville style, yep. reducing people to tears. Honestly, yeah,
1: break them. Yeah. She needed to be broken. Instead, her the worst things about her were magnified and encouraged for the entire series. It meant that every time she talked with Lee or
0: Maddie J about her story or their story, your subconscious cries bullshit because there's no story that they're going on other than a very thinly uh, plotted kind of murder mystery where there's zero character development. Yep. Basically, ladies and gentlemen, this series was about Matty J, and I'll tell you why. Let's go back to the Hollywood screenwriter, mm-hmm. Paradigm. mm mm-hmm. The hero in a Hollywood screenplay is called a protagonist and the protagonist is the person who changes over the story. So one of the famous examples of, of how the protagonist can sometimes be uh, misleading is Lethal Weapon. You've got Mel Gibson and you've got Danny Glover and most people assume, well, Mel Gibson's the main character but actually it's Danny Glover because Mel Gibson is a psychopath the whole mm. time mm-hmm. and Danny Glover goes from hating him and hating his life to loving him and appreciating his wife and his family. Yep, This series was about one young man learning what it is to be a man. Yep. Georgia Love was the unchanging, unflinching... She was the foil. ...antagonist. Just the foil. Simple as that. For the journey of Maddie J. Yeah. So, for this series to really have popped, we should have ended with Maddie J in the limo. After Georgia has... has Kiss Lee and whatever. Wow. End it with Maddie J and oh, the limo. God, that'd be good. Going back home to his family and his sister. Yeah. The real values that he compromised or it was very dangerously close to compromising yeah, for yeah, good. Yeah, 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 And that would have been the resolution to the story. That really
1: would have been amazing. If they'd done that, maybe you would almost... Well, y- you would be more forgiving of, of how it was all put together. If there was some kind of acknowledgement, an extra filmic acknowledgement from the makers that, hey, here's the story. That's the unfortunate
0: uh, drawback of, of this sort of franchise idea. Who knows how much they're constrained they're
1: by... Not, they're the not. They, s- you don't think so? Nah, I feel like they could monkey with it within a, with a quite long leash, but they don't bother because it takes too much effort, James. They can't be... Fi- it costs money to monkey with the format. Yeah. It takes time, meetings, um, changes of schedule... Things that you basically can't be fuck doing if you think you got a golden goose.
0: Yeah, yeah. I heard that
1: that Warner Brothers was
0: on set for the first few seasons, just advising them, and and it could be that they've kind of found themselves in a in a locked kneecap type thrall to this format
1: Mm. slash their American, you know, forebears. Okay, so I was, I was going to ask, was Matty J led on big time or was he swept up by a delusion? I guess the question is, how much of what has happened to Matty J is his own fault? Mm-hmm. And how much of it was pure manipulation? Okay, so obviously both. Mm-hmm. What's the percentage is, mm. is the real question. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a question
0: we can answer because we haven't seen everything. Sure. But let's talk about how, how he obviously might have been led down the garden path. At every step of the way, as far as we can see... Georgia Love presented herself as a very willing participant in the love story between them. Right mm, Up mm. until the very last minute, mm-hmm. there was basically very little indication that she wasn't interested.
1: Well, quite the opposite. It yeah. was She was leaning in to give him big pashes all the way through that Singapore date. Leaning in. As to whether he w- convinced himself that there was something going on, I think... Unfortunately, he did. Yeah. But he didn't make it up out of nothing. If we're talking percentages here. Yeah. You got a girl leaning in to pass you. Yeah. Sorry, but you do infer things from that. Yeah. Well, let's talk about one of the fundamental
0: issues that they had around about episode 9 or 10, which was that Maddie J wanted kids. Mm -hmm. And she did not want kids for the foreseeable future. I Mm -hmm. mean, they weren't even on the the horizon for Mm it. They were somewhere in another lifetime, maybe a decade in the future. Yeah, yeah. That's a huge thing. that is a red flag and I can't believe that Matty J missed that without some
1: sort of self-delusion,
0: without some sort of wishful thinking on his behalf.
1: I think he just ignored it. It looked like he, he, he just let that one go because he was too far gone for that to be an immediate problem. You well, know? as
0: I've said before, you ignore red flags when you want a relationship more than the other person. Yeah. You were you only ever, and, and now this is another little gem of advice from Uncle Jimmy, You're only ever ready for a relationship when you really do not need one. That Mm -hmm. is the only point because the moment you need a relationship, you compromise Mm -hmm. the connection between the person who you are about to have one with Mm -hmm. because it places more importance on a thing, an abstract thing that has nothing to do with them as a human being. It's a set
1: of rules. Well, he, he did do that a bit then, didn't he? He definitely did. So what was she, I'd love to have been on the inside of her little noggin while she was there with him, ringing the love bell, pashing the crap out of him, and just generally making him feel like he was the one. What was she thinking that she was going to do to this human being? Well,
0: let's give it the benefit of the doubt, right? Let's Let's play devil's advocate. Here. Literally
1: devil's advocate. Yeah,
0: yeah, literally. She is confused up until the point where she has to decide who's going to get out of the limo,
1: right? First. This is a hypothetical? This is a hypothetical. Okay. As in, she hasn't made her mind up yet. Mm.
0: Okay. What kind of person is that?
1: This is an impossibility. She claims to have fallen in love with Lee. I mean, she, she didn't do that at the last minute. That could be a lie.
0: To, to try and justify the fact that she couldn't decide until the very end. I mean, mm. that could be a back justification of, oh shit, I, I, I kind of, I, I really couldn't decide. Mm-hmm. And then at the very last minute, I thought, well, logistically, Lee wins out, so I'll go with him. Right. It's a possibility. Right. It's a very mixed up girl who who can't decide that, but it might also be a girl who really isn't ready for love in any sort of capacity.
1: She, when she was asked by mm, whose sister was it? Was it Maddie J's sister who asked her, surely you know who you're going to pick by now? Yeah. And there was a long pause. Yeah. Before she said no. And we all knew that that was a lie. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, I actually read it as genuine.
0: And, and the pause came from, well, you would want me to say Maddie J. But obviously, I can't.
1: I read it differently. I think in that circumstance, you probably would know much earlier than you're allowed to let on. Thus, the format of this show does not mirror the way humans actually work. Yeah. It's drawn out in the way a lot of things on television are drawn out unnecessarily because they need the the ratings to go on and on.
0: Okay, so as a secular humanist, what should Georgia have done? Had she What known- would you do?
1: You, you're you on the show You're the bachelor mm-hmm. And you've fallen for someone A third of the way through the series yeah. And you, you know There are two more months of filming mm-hmm. And you've signed on to do them And you then engage in cognitive dissonance To get through it mm-hmm. And you protect yourself From feeling that you're a bad person By remembering That everyone that's involved in this show Knows the score We all know how this works mm-hmm. We've all signed on We've all been told So I don't feel bad for flirting and pashing on with every man and his dog uh, when I don't have any intention of letting any of these other people win Okay, so I, if I were to go on that show
0: now, it's an impossibility for me having met, obviously, my future wife, right? So, If I were to go on that show, it would have been uh, two years ago before I connected with my now Mm fiancé. And my thinking at the time was, I know nothing really about love. I've had a few relationships that were serious. They ended spectacularly badly. I've had a lot of, you know, shorter, less serious ones which have left me unfulfilled and, and just as confused as the very first one when I was 15. So, I think I would possibly have gone through the whole thing while in my head justifying the cognitive dissonance by saying, well, I don't really know how love works anyway. It Mm. could be that when push comes to shove, I will choose this other person. How much of it is your head and your heart? How much of it is practicality and, you know, uh, romance? Because in the past, I, I had been hurt, like many others, following purely either my heart or my head, some idea of what other people wanted for me versus some idea of what I wanted for myself or vice versa. Mm, mm, mm. I might very well have fallen in love a third of the way through with some girl and then thought, well, these other girls actually have very nice qualities and the one that has the nicest qualities compared to the one I'm actually in love with, I will take to the end because at the end of the day, do I really know what I want? I've mm-hmm. chosen girls in the past and they've left me heart- brokenhearted.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, and that that sound the way you've put that sounds absolutely viable. I, I feel like I might do exactly what you've described as well. And perhaps that's, let's say Georgia felt that way. What rings untrue then is the gushing at the conclusion when she opens up and, and goes on and on about how in love she is. And if you had gone through something that you have just described, you would probably be a tiny bit more circumspect in the way you would round out this experience. That particular bridge too
0: far says less about George's bad intentions to me and more about her actual lack of real love for Lee. Mm -hmm. Because the moment you are truly in love with someone, your compassion extends to the world. Right. You're in love with the world. You're in love with life. I don't think she could be possibly be that callous unless she herself felt in some way slightly less than genuine about this so-called love she was professing for Lee. That's a yep. theory. I don't yep. know if that's true.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, when we get to a point where maybe she doesn't even know, we're up the creek, aren't we? In terms of uh, our criticisms are always based on the idea that someone really knows what they're doing.
0: Yeah, and that is a very large, you know, grain of salt yeah. to, to put it to have in your mind when you're watching the show. I, the chances of her actually finding the one, right. or as her sickly mother writes from hospital, her forever person. I mean, yeah. no way to put pressure on your daughter or anything. Yeah, are very, very slim, considering the fact that she's gone how many years now without finding anyone who's satisfied her. You know, for longer than a year. Mm. So, if she is confused deep down, there's a high chance that she has also chosen someone purely for the auspices of this show. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, um, there's often in in, in in fiction a setup where you're not sure. It's a, maybe it's a love triangle, mm-hmm. and you follow it through, and you're not sure who the who the um, the person in the middle is going to choose. And they don't choose on the last page of the book or in the very last scene of the film, always. Sometimes they work it out at the start of act three Mm -hmm. and they might even confide in some characters about the fact that they now know. And then we go through the process of them finally making it happen. Why in this Bachelor show do they feel obliged to leave it to the very last scene when it is probably quite realistic that, let's say, the family shows up for a little bit of a a tête-à-tête, Georgia could say, well, I'm going to introduce you to these two guys, and then afterwards, I'm going to tell you which one I'm going to choose, Mm. and you tell me what you think. I'm interested to hear your opinion, but I know. Mm. I've worked it out. And then you could have a really interesting chat with the family, because then the family could really cut loose and say, no, I I don't think so. Yeah. For these reasons, or I think it start. It would actually be a more. There would be more stakes in a conversation like that. In 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 a way.
0: Well, I think then you go into a different idea about love, and part of this show's agenda is is similar to the other the agendas of other reality shows. I mean, like uh, Australian Idol or American Idol, whatever. Is that someone who is completely unknown can suddenly become a superstar, mm. right? Someone who has never known love can suddenly find absolute true love mm. at the end of the show. Mm. So, to come to your third act and 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 start to go into, well, what is this love? Mm. Is it for real? Are mm. you simply just following, you know, the dictums of your hormones Mm-mm. or are you actually thinking long-term or what this might mean for a family or whatever? To me is off message. Right. Now, the US do something that's very, I think I'm not sure why we don't do it here. They often have uh, episodes that happen in a studio post-season yeah where all the bachelors return they're sitting on some sort of you know stage yeah The Bachelorette's there and everybody's kind of called into account for their actions. Fascinating. It's the best part of the show. Yeah. Because not only do they kind of go over the highlights and the controversies of the entire season but everybody kind of gets a chance to go you know what they didn't show this and this is
1: how it really went Oh my god that sounds awesome. Why don't they do that here? A. It sounds like a ratings hit and B. It'd give a lot of people the closure that they that they clearly need after these finales.
0: Once again I hate to keep bringing it up but having worked at Channel 10 there's a lot of people there who would go all right what 20 bachelors that's 20 flights mm-hmm. uh that's 20 nights of accommodation mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. that's uh, a whole lot of hair and makeup that's a studio we've got to fill that studio mm-hmm. there isn't a studio in the round at channel 10 there's only mm-hmm. uh, you know mm-hmm. uh, what, what do you call it like single stage yep single stage that'll do it's quite possible that they're not really equipped to do it so just from a budgetary point of Which view is it's showing, not worth their while yeah maybe who knows amazing
1: Well, they could see it as a loss leader in this case because not giving people any sense of completion and making people feel thoroughly dissatisfied at the end of your finale is not a way to build a fan base. It's a way to slowly crush it. James, we've been talking about storytelling a lot in this episode of our podcast and about the way you create empathy and all of that, and it I guess it leads me to my final question about this show, which is where to for this show in Australia. We've said that it's heading at a rapid rate of knots for destruction unless they do something to change the way it works to engage the audience again. Um, what what's going to happen? Well, maybe it
0: maybe it helps to look at the controversy with what's what was the guy's name who who screwed over Sam Frost Blake 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 yeah what a clown right yeah he was the most hated man in australia so the headlines go and then Sam Frost had the triumphant comeback mm-hmm. right and is mm-hmm. now a uh, today fm
1: radio jock a radio
0: host as a result of her downfall yeah it's quite possible that Nikki Gogan or Maddie Jesus, are going to ride this wave back up for Channel 10 Mm. with the redemption plot.
1: They have engaged the public's interest and sympathies in such a beautiful way. Mm. They are now box office gold.
0: They've made themselves vulnerable and they've been hurt. The, the classic, you know, what were we talking about before, the, the engagement of sympathy, mm-hmm. the classic engagement mm-hmm. of sympathy, it's a long game to play. Mm. I don't know whether I would advise a, an executive producer of Channel 10 to play it this long, Mm-mm.
1: but that could possibly be the strategy. People were saying, is Matty J going to be the next Bachelor? And the... The dominant response on the interwebs today has been, no, 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 don't make him the next Bachelor, because look what happened to Richie. You know, the minute he became the Bachelor, suddenly he had to say all the scripted lines, and he lost his personality. Yeah. Which is um, obviously an utter load of crap, because he didn't have one for starters. What were they talking about, Richie? In the series where he was just one of the contestants, yeah. he had nothing. Yeah. He did bugger all. Don't paint him up as some kind of amazing sh- human brilliance. He wasn't. Yeah. Maddie J. Would he make a good bachelor?
0: Oh, it's it's hard to know. I mean, Maddie's sound bites, so to speak, were probably the realest things in the entire show. Yeah. I mean, when you're up against a girl who, when she's in a situation with someone, and I'm talking about Georgia Love here, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Turns says, on the
1: yarn event. Says. Just breathe. Oh, I would actually be sad to see him do it. As
0: as my fiancé said, the moment, uh, the moment Maddie J got out of that limousine, what a cunt. <laughs> and then as she immediately said when Maddie J said, see you later, Georgia love, he is the most eligible bachelor in Australia.
1: What? She knows me, though. Yeah, but she doesn't think of you as a
0: bachelor or eligible.
1: Why not? Because look at you. I, I do look at me. I am. <laughs> You can't tell me I'm less
0: eligible than Matty J. Well that's one man's opinion. So so basically we're coming to the solution that you proposed to yeah. me earlier. Yeah. That the the saviour of this entire franchise, both Bachelor and Bachelorette, is making
1: you the next bachelor.
0: Yeah. Slash Bachelorette, the new transgender. No, no.
1: Look, look, let's not get silly now. Okay. Don't cheapen this excellent suggestion. Seriously,
0: how do you? How would someone like you, i.e., Maddie Jesus, change this show for the better?
1: Uh they would. They would get a dogged determination to keep it real. Like you have to be very strong in those circumstances to stick to your guns. You have to really know your own voice. Mm-hmm. And the people they generally work with are, are, are just bits of clay and they mold them any which way. I would not be a piece of clay. Okay. Well, I, know, I know how to come across as myself. Yeah. And that would breathe life into the show. It doesn't have to be me. It could be anyone... That understands that they are bigger than the show. All right, well, that's let's, what it
0: comes down to. Let's go to how this could be possible and why they've gotten this wrong. And uh, I would posit that they're looking for the wrong things in looking for Australia's eligible, most eligible bachelor, or, you know, bachelorette. Georgia Love is obviously someone who needs to learn a few more lessons about herself before she's going to find the one. That's obvious to anybody obviously. who's any, any sort of maturity totally, or emotionally. Totally,
1: totally. And that's know. no judgment on her. That's just no, a fact.
0: We all go through that phase. Yeah. Maddie J obviously is the same. Now, mm-hmm. Lee might actually be ready. True. But has been swept up in this nonsense and George's, by all accounts, an eligible girl. Yeah. So, why not get a route for the next six months sure. until you work out that it's not actually going to work? Sure. What they need is somebody who is actually ready and doesn't just say they're ready, yep. who has had enough relationship experience that we are confident at every step of the way that they are evaluating these people with have an extremely self-interested point of view. Self-interested. Not
1: interested in being a pawn for a shit format, but self-interested.
0: Self-interested to a fault.
1: To a fault. And and in in the context of actually knowing yourself well enough. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, this is a lesson, once again, for those people who are unlucky in love, who haven't yet found the one, who are perhaps frustrated with the... uh, the the disconcerting tide of failed romances and, and relationships. If you find yourself with someone who who is not right for you or who you don't feel is quite really up to scratch, there is something to be learned from the reason as to why you chose that person. Georgia Love, whether it's Georgia Love, whether it's a month from now or six months from now or a year from now, is gonna turn around and go, oh my God, this is why I chose Lee because I needed to learn XYZ. Mm. There's something valuable in all of these things. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it doesn't make for the best uh, romantic story for us to watch mm-hmm. unless we see up until that point. Mm-hmm. And We're not going to follow Georgia for the next year or two years or six months or, or a week, however long it's going to take. But if you are out there and you are into something like this use it for the lesson it is mm. and get out mm-hmm.
1: that's good I like that from a sociological point of view we no longer live in a world where you are expected to anoint someone as the one after a few dates or a, or a, or a month it it's it, I'm not saying that that doesn't always happen but we we do not live in that environment where you are expected to do that and this show, is actually still running on an engine from the 1940s in many ways. And if you're gonna stick to a Disney style moral engine, you need to tell it the story properly. You need to tell the story by the book. You can't fuck the audience in this cynical postmodern world way. If you're willing to update the engine of the show and no longer make everyone say, I'm looking for the one, I'm looking for the person I'm going to marry, I'm looking for the forever person, blah, 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 then the rules change and you probably would have a bit more freedom as the producers of the show to to pull some interesting levers. But you can't have your cake and eat it too and that's why everyone's shitty at this show now because it runs on... Um, A traditional value system and it fucks you with its postmodern, shitty, cynical fucking dick with spikes on it.
0: What you're talking about really is is an informed and, and modern ending for this story. There was a season in the US where one of the bachelors screwed one of the girls two or three episodes before the last episode. And then actually voted her out after saying something to the effect of I love you and then when the other girl came in off the limo he didn't ask her to marry him he didn't say he loved her he said I like you and I'm interested in getting to know you some more and there was a huge backlash (laughs) because it had been the format was presented as this is you finding your true love right and actually this guy was a was an Argentinian and he wasn't interested it seemed in Playing The producer's line Yeah He was like No nope, I'm not actually in love with her I'm not in love with either of them So I'm
1: not going to say it
0: I enjoyed having sex with the other one It was great Yeah This one interests me And hopefully you know After a few more dates I might make a call on it
1: Yeah yep. And, and you you can give that A whole different set of stakes if, if you're concerned That that won't mean enough Or whatever Because our lives do mean something to us In this modern world Without having that at stake Every time we go on a date with someone The, 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 the quest to find a partner Is no less important than it ever was. Just because we no longer live in a world where you are overtly saying, uh, Is this wife material to, to someone every time you go and meet them at a bar? Yeah. Um, doesn't mean it's not the undercurrent. Yeah. But we just don't work like that anymore. And if so, I'm not against this. I just like to put it out. I'm not against the Disney story. I get its place. I understand why we want to watch it. Fucking do it properly if you're gonna do it.
0: That's all. The Disney story is biologically dishonest. Let's face it, we are enlightened beyond that. <coughs> so Nicholas, now you and I have some, we have some experience in the TV and film world. Let's make a show. Yeah. Let's make our own reality show. We'll do it on a budget. Yeah. We'll shoot it with our new C100. Yeah. Uh, let's get some friends. Yeah. Let's get some girls. Yeah. And let's just shoot it at like your house. This is a bloody good idea. It's James. fucking amazing. Let's do it. Who? Because you know what. Indie dickheads just go, I'm going to make a short film right. or I'm going to make a feature. It's right. going to be a low-budget sci-fi. It's going to be an amalgam yeah, of all the fucking shit I said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoever goes, I'm going to make a low-budget version of The Bachelor. This is amazing. I'm in. Let's do it. So, this is kind of bringing us to the end of our final episode, but I would like, if you've got another... Um, 20 minutes or so to hang yeah, around yeah 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 I'm yeah. going to buy Reese's Instagram PDF good good let's just do a quick uh, recap of it great great that'll great. be is a little bonus episode at the end of this you're on Cool.
1: Thanks for listening if you have. We'll be back. In fact, our next podcast series from the sounds of it is going to be about the way we slowly construct our own dating show. It could be true. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on
0: SoundCloud, where the Australian Bachelorette podcast. There aren't any other Australian Bachelorette podcasts on SoundCloud <laughs> or in the universe for that matter. So just google us and you can send us a little message via that uh, particular app. It'll be on your phone, it's on your
1: browser. Hope you've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed doing it. Thanks a lot. Thank you.